I trust and rely upon God that God's gonna uh, working with him that whatever that needs to be changed it is and that's what we're gonna see become as a reality it is with a dream come true Pastor uh, Christian uh, Pastor at the Canada Simiga Church. Uh, I've been pastor here for about two years, uh, two and a half years on this reservation. Uh, I've seen some uh, great and mighty things and still looking for more to come. Um, I'm Pastor Marty Paxson and I'm Pastor White River Simiga Church. Uh, I'm also from this reservation, so um, what I do is I teach and preach and bring what God said he was going to bring to our people, and that's hope. And so, that's what I do here. What are some social or historical contributions from the uh, natives that many people don't even know about? Hmm. Say that question again. What are some contributions from the natives that many people don't know about? It could be foods, it could be culture, it could be any knowledge or any, um, anything that's contributed to the world or to our culture, the American culture. I think just the natives in general, the, the culture of knowing the land, <clears throat> knowing the food, knowing the resources, uh, utilizing those resources, especially when it comes to famines or uh, some uh, disasters that happen upon the land. Uh, natives uh, just being one with the land. Uh, you often hear that, you know, being one. Um, if you put this in context, uh, quote, one with nature, uh, mother nature, as uh, some call it. But just know the land, just knowing that natives know we're part of the land. Uh, we respect it. I know uh, with the Paiute background, uh, Paiutes, we never necessarily worshipped um, you know, like worship the deer or bear or anything like that. But we always, you know, gave gratitude for it. Like when we'd kill a deer, we'd say, you know, deer, we're thankful, you know, that you're giving it your life. You know, just having the gratitude uh, means having the gratitude for the land. You know, we understand, you know, even with the protests of the water rights, you know, we understand that this land is, you know, uh, God gave us, you know, creator, God gave us this land to be good stewards over and I really believe that Native Americans are really part of the forefront and being good stewards to what the Father has given to us. And so I believe that comes that respect um, for that. And the respect, you see a lot of uh, culture of Native Americans, we really, um, we, they, they say that you could really uh, tell a lot about a person's perspective or a person's culture, morals, on how they treat the children and the elders. And you'll see that upon Native Americans, we really high esteem our elders. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that on the reservation, man, we have the strictest um, COVID-19 restrictions uh, here upon the Apache Reservation. We have a curfew. It used to be 8 p.m., but now it's 10 p.m. It gives two more extra hours. Uh, we, for a while, there, we can only go shopping on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, that was, um, again, you know, those things were implemented, you know, strict rules was for our elders. Because, you know, our elders, you know, they, they have a lot to give. You know, they have a lot of wisdom. And so we, we highly esteem the culture, our elders, and, you know, and, and protecting our young children. And I, I believe that, you know, you know, even when I go to places, you know, it's always elders first. First of the line, go eat. It's always funny when they want to put pastor. Pastor, come first. And I'm like, oh, a bunch of elders, you know, they're standing in line. I always, always feel kind of weary about that. Um, but as culture-wise, you know, we, we respect the elders and just being one, you know, understanding our land, understanding, you know, of, you know, how, um, how we live off the land. What has been the relationship between the church and the natives? Anybody wants to answer that? <clears throat> the relationship between the church and the natives? Mm -hmm. uh, it's been really, um, I guess you could say it's really been different. Uh, since um, as long as I know, I was raised in a Christian home, so so grandma, grandma was uh, the Christian, the backbone of the family, the prayer warrior. Um, so um, it goes back to, I, I would say, to boarding school, you know, how niggas were treated in boarding school. 
people were saying that they were forced to 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 read the Bible, to forced to go to church. You know, they were they were they were forced Christianity on them. You know, so I guess you could say Catholic. You know, then how they they would do that and. And so that when we come to this time now, it's like now people don't like, I mean, the Apache culture, I'm just speaking on behalf of Apache, some Apaches don't like the, the Christianity because of what happened in the past, the boarding school, the, you know, it, it, it comes from missionaries, uh, white missionaries or Catholic missionaries that came and forced it upon our people. That's not our way. Mm -hmm. um, so so I, I think uh, the difference between the church and the native there's, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Um, some say there's only one God and we all worship that one God, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I don't believe that myself, you know. I don't believe that. Like I said, I'm, I'm raised Christian. People always ask me, you know, you're Apache, why don't you live your Apache tradition? And, and, and my defense is, you know, I wasn't raised that way. You know, I wasn't raised that I was raised in church. And so church, so... And that's how I, I grew grew up. You know, it wasn't forced on me. I was I was just raised that way and and so but I, I don't I don't uh, down talk the tradition or the culture of the Apaches because I am Apache, you know, I, I love the culture, I love the colors, I love the food, I, I love the world, where we're at, the atmosphere of the culture. But I just don't practice the tradi that tradition because I wasn't raised that way, you know. And so, the, the, so there is a huge difference between church and um, the, the, the Apache culture or the Apache tradition, I guess you could say. Is that way back we were forced or they were forced. Now, you know, a lot of people are traumatized, traumatized by it. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Okay, that I kind of, for me, that I kind of been raised up on both sides. It is like my mom, my mother's side, it is like a, what's been taught in a Christian way. It is that we've kind of been born and raised into it. But on my father's side, it's kind of like a more of a traditional. I see on both sides. It is, I've been involved from the time of the beginning with it like that. It is like a, with the traditions. I've been like that from my dad's side, it is. But later on, like, uh... I've been called by God into the ministry, it is, that I know the difference between the tradition as well as the Christianity. It is like that, and that's the reason why I know the difference between those two, it is. They try to bring those two together, it is, but it does not work, it is, because one will change your life and the other one isn't, because like uh, earlier that I said, it is like uh, the scripture, the Bible is the basic of our faith, it is, and what the Bible teaches us like that. The way of how man was being created like that and that's the reason why that yeah into the image and the likeness of god that's what i see it is and the much more that i have learned it is of what the god had taught me through the years it is from the bible it is like that and that's what i see but i also see that uh that the lives that have been changed it is people that accept the gospel of jesus christ that's what i see that's what i firmly believe it is what that's what god allowed me to have it, uh, to preach his word like that and then change people's life. That's what I want to say it is. I want to say thank you. What's the question again? What has been the relationship between the community and the natives? As far as the Port Apache and the reservation, it was just, um, it's a mutual respect. Uh, again, I'm not um, uh, Apache, but I've been here for two years. Um, Respecting the culture, you know, is a big thing, you know, with me, uh, respecting the people. Um, but I know that from the very beginning, you know, it's, it's part of every, you know, Native American's uh, past about, you know, the church uh, coming in. A lot of it was convert or die. Uh, even from my grandparents who live in the Pueblo, um, Spaniards and Catholicism, you know, coming in, they mean to call out a religion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you either convert or, you know, you said that people will hung in the Pueblo, uh, woman's breasts will cut off, people's skin will cut off. And that's what a lot of people's perception of what Christianity is, which, you know, a lot of time we, I, as a pastor, I go back and I have to tell them that that wasn't true, uh, true Christianity, because the Bible says that God is love. You know, in love, you know, you do tell the truth. But in that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, produce, you know, torture, you know, convert or die mentality. 
And I believe a lot of times is that, you know, as Native Americans, we, we think that, you know, Christianity is just wanting to take away of who we are, you know, as far as Native Americans, as far as our culture. But even since the beginning of time, I believe that God revealed himself to us upon here. You know, all of us have an imprint of God inside of our lives because we all have morals. We know what's right and we know what's wrong. And so uh, the imprint of God inside of our lives. But, you know, I, I believe that now, I, I believe that, you know, that it's, it's, the relationship is getting better because I do believe that we're getting more revelation of who we are to be as the church. And I believe that, you know, that those tensions are, are fading away as we continue to grow inside of our revelation of who Christ is inside of our lives. What are some of the major issues that are impacting the lives of the natives in Arizona, either on the reservation or off the reservation? Whoever wants to answer that question. Say it one more time. What are some of the major issues that are impacting the lives of the natives, either on or off the reservation? Impacting as a... It could be social, cultural, spiritual... Education, health. Mm -hmm. We know that the health, that's, that's one. I think a lot of it is health. Like, um, right, okay, right now? Right now, a lot of okay. it is health. I mean, and then the second one, I would say education is good. But the health is, you know, the drinking, you know, the alcoholism that's happening off the reservation and then more off on the reservation. Um, it, it's always been that way. I mean, it's always been alcohol hurting our people health-wise from the beginning of time when, when they brought, when alcohol was introduced to, to natives. Um, you know, you, you see it everywhere. You see that, I mean, not, not just on the reservation, but if you go down the valley, you see, I don't know if they're natives, but you see, you know, they're, they're sitting right there on the side of the road and they're drunk and so it's a, it's affecting them. It's a it's a it's it's an addiction that um, that's really uh, hard for them to get out. Uh, I worked at a, as a counselor with the Rainbow Treatment Center when I first came back to this res to my reservation, and and the addiction is just so powerful in their life that that's the only thing that they can turn to, and that's the only. They think that that's the only solution they have is alcohol, drugs. You know, you, you go, you get up in the morning and right next door, you know, there's somebody selling alcohol <laughs> or drugs. So it's so easy to get and so cheap to get, you know. So, and, and, and it's not really just money. It's like you steal something and you give it to the alcohol or drug dealers and they'll take it and give you, you know. So it's so easy to get nowadays and then now that um, they make it, they make it themselves, you know, they make it to where it's really dangerous for, for people. I add in a, um, rubbing alcohol, you know, rub, rubbing alcohol. And so that, that uh, a couple before this pandemic, I remember I prayed for a lady, a young lady who was in the hospital who drank alcohol that she bought off of somebody who was selling and it came out to be rubbing alcohol more than whatever they were mixing it with. And so she was, she was really, really bad. And so I, I, they called me and I went up there and I prayed with her. And, and I said, they're, they're, they're desperate. They're desperate. I mean, there's so much pain that they don't know that the answer is, you know, um, I don't know how to say this, but I, I'll use myself, you know. I used to drink a lot. I used to drink all the time. And people always ask me, how did you do it? It was easy for you. No, it wasn't easy for me. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a hard step to take, but I knew that if I wanted to better myself, you know, and better myself for my family and my kids, and, you know, it was something I had to do. And education, when I, what the reason why I say education is because not a lot of people go for education, you know, off the reservation. You rarely see, I would say, about 25% out of 100% People leave to go to college to get education. Mm -hmm. I work, I work, not work, but I do um, the higher education. I'm on part of that committee to look at applications and you know and see who gets who gets the fund and who doesn't get the funds, or if somebody 
messed up in college and try to reapply again, you know, do we... So I'm in that committee and I, and I see a lot of applications in there that were uh, dismissed or rejected because of drinking, you know, drinking and, or, you know, it, I mean, the free money. <laughs> the natives have a lot of free money for education, but they don't take advantage of it, you know. So uh, education is, is another thing that I think everybody needs. And then when you have, and, and I don't want to go, um, you know, too much into political, is our leaders. Our leaders, maybe some of them don't have education, and that's kind of kind of bad for us too, you know, because education is important. I didn't know that until I went to Bible college and came back with a degree, and I was like, man, education opens doors, and, and people can just see that education can help you. Man, I mean, it helped me, and people do one lady came up to me, and she's a good friend of mine. She's, she lives on the Navajo Reservation. And she said, it really motivated me after I seen you get your diploma to get mines. And, and so I said, well, that's awesome, you know, because education is important. We need it. We need to be, I, I don't I want to I wanna say ahead of the world or at least be with the world where they're at, you know, not mm -hmm. be, because everybody says Native Americans are at the very bottom. We're just a drunk, bunch of drunk people, you know, but no, we're, we're powerful, <laughs> we're powerful. Um, are there any community resources that are helping the natives with drug addiction? Here on the reservation, um, mm -hmm. we do have a few treatment centers. We do have um, oh, two treatment centers, and, and I think John Hopkins does, does do a little uh, treatment as well. Um, most of the time, um, they, they, they send them off, you know, to another treatment facility. Um, but uh, I, 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 always, I always say this, and, and I don't know if it's something that someone would, would look at, is to get help, I think it's best to get help from your own kind. You know, like an Apache helping an Apache. Uh, uh, because... <laughs> Going back to our history, you know, Geronimo was one of the biggest guys that we've known and, and he fought for this land and, you know, the history behind him, you know, he did a lot of things for his people and they followed him, but some weren't that good, but they still followed him. And, and so if we can get Apaches, our, our own kind to rise up and nothing, I'm not against these two right here because they're not tribal members, but if we can get our own kind to rise up in a church and pastor church, people will come. People, I mean, they come still, but, you know, like if an Apache was to rise up and, and pastor their own church, I'm probably the second one to pastor a church on this reservation. The first one to be an ordained minister of this, of this reservation, you know. And, and then I see it. People are encouraged by it. And so, if, if we can rise up and help each other, like Pastor Christian said, you know, and our elders, our elders already had done their job. <laughs> now it's our turn to do our job. You know? Now, have you shared your testimony to your congregation about your um, history with drug addiction or alcoholism, yeah. I should say? Oh, yeah. 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 And do they feel like, you know, there's, there's hope and there's, there's um, a way out of it because you went through education and you also sought the Lord who so healed you. So we're right here in the heart of White River, you can say. The church is just like right here in the middle of White River. Mm -hmm. And so services, we have drunk people that come up, sit in the church. People are drunk, people are high, they come and they sit. And and, and the church, I mean, when we do outreaches, we, we, kind, we, kind, of, we kind of just go to them. We know where they're at. We know where they sit. We know where they live. And, so we want to go to them and, and mm -hmm. share. So I've shared a lot, even even in the church. My associate pastor was a, a, the, one of the biggest drug dealers on this reservation. And I was the cop who was trying to bust him all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember one day they, they, they made me, they made, they asked me to be an undercover drug, uh, drug, drug buyer. So I went to my associate pastor's house. That, that, that he's not, it wasn't. But he would never sell to me. And I would always share that. Now, when you look at us, it's like, man, you know, my associate pastor, he was a, one of the biggest drug dealers. Now he's my associate pastor. 
Wow. And, 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 you know, I used to drink a lot, you know, even though, like, being a police officer, my three-day weekend offs, you know, just drinking. But people see it. People, you know, te- they say testimonies are powerful, and I believe that. They are. They're powerful. And, Amen. And so, so here at this church, um, you know, we, we have a lot of people who, like my old buddies from high school that I used to be drinking with, they're here. You know, uh, my sister, wow. she used to do drugs and all from, but she, go, she comes to church here. Her family, I mean, so many people come here. And so, I, I think what really is, um, like you said, the impact, health is a real big impact, you know. Um, education is another. If we can somehow help them. We have an NPC right down the road. They, they do, because a lot of these people probably don't have a, a high school education. A lot of them probably dropped out, uh, pregnancy or, you know, just, just didn't make it. So they, they have no high school diploma. So there's the NPC that helps with, uh, I don't know what you call that, uh, to get their high school diploma, GED. GED. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they, they do that, so... So yeah, I, I, so the impact I, I would say is um, health and education. Mm-hmm. If we can get a lot more people educated, I think our tribe will be so stable. We would know, be ahead, not be like, probably ahead of the world a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. run our tribe a little bit more right. stronger. Yeah, so, what are uh, Arizona churches in the reservation doing to help with drug addiction? and the other issues that are affecting the natives. What are reservation churches mm-hmm. doing? The reservation churches. I know that um, as far as uh, my church, we do offer uh, a lot of times, uh, there is um, a facility here on the reservation called the Hope Center, in mm-hmm. which they're open up. Uh, people can come in there and get food, get clothes or whatnot. But also know that as for us, we reference them a lot to Phoenix Dream Center. Uh, we, uh, we, a lot of times we uh, reference them there, uh, take them down if they need a, need a ride, you know, we take them down ourselves. But I also know that right now the tribe does offer, uh, they have a facility that, which is ran by Chifo, a facility down in Phoenix that we could reference them to right now. Um, as far as I know, that's what the tribe is and that's as, as that church is. If they need help, you know, we could find them, you know, find them help in which tribe, either through the tribe or through uh, the Dream Center Church. I also heard from another pastor um, that one of the issues also is affordable and accessible running water and electricity. I don't know if that's still, if that's occurring in the Apache. I know it is in the Navajo. Does anybody want to talk about that? To me, that everything is kind of like being modernized. It is like that because you cannot live without the electricity and even like uh, with water like that because water resource, that's one of the natural resources that we have on this reservation. Here, concerning on that, it is like that. And the, uh, the electricity sometimes, like when the weather, like when it gets uh, with snow, sometimes you cut off the electricity like that. It is because I think people are solely dependent upon that, like that it is. And I know that, like what you said, it is on the other side of the reservation. I've seen those, it is like that, without no electricity, no nearby water, like that it is. I've seen those things like that it is, but uh, but I think it is right now, it is, but we're a lot better off concerning on this reservation, it is like that. And I think that's what we're kind of be dependent upon. It is, that's what I know about it. it is. So that is still also occurring even in the Apache reservation? I, I would say because the un- unemployment rate is so high, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of jobs here on the reservation. Mm-hmm. And then that, it goes back to education. I mean, I mean education, I mean, when you go, when you go off the reservation, nobody's going to hire you if you don't have a high school diploma or mm-hmm. don't have a driver's license. I would say about maybe 75% of the reservation is probably in that. And that, I mean, that's just my theory, is about 75%, you know, probably don't have a, a high school diploma or driver's license. So it's hard to get a job, a, a, a good paying job. And then when they do have a job, what kind of stands in the way is alcohol. A lot of family drink, 
you know, that's the first thing they go for is alcohol. Alcohol tears up a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we see a lot of kids who are just running around. A lot of kids are, are homeless or sleeping in different places, you know. So, so, um, so the economy is really, is really down. I mean, there's not a lot of jobs that will hire people with no high school diploma on the reservation. You know, like, like uh, the two treatment centers that we have brings in the money. The casino that we have brings in the money. But to get the money, you got to work for the money. And so I think that's the, the hardest part about the electric and the water. I mean, we just recently started paying for our own water, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Before, we never really had to, but now we, now we pay for our water. Electric comes from off the reservation. And so, so it, it's, you see some homes without no water. You see some homes with no, no electric, you know. My, my neighbors right here. They have nothing, you know. Every now and then we we'll, go over there and talk with them, and so they they don't have one running water. So sometimes they hook up their water hose to our faucet right here, and and so you know, um, and it's all because they're lost in alcohol, lost in addiction, and and a lot of people are monthly payments. I, I don't know what you call those social securities or whatever. That the natives get every the the elders get, that's what they live off of. You know, mm-hmm. they, they it's just I mean I mean being a police officer eight years I see a lot of things on this reservation, and it all goes back to what is it education? You know, we we need education. We need. Um, I remember somebody said something one time on Facebook, and I thought it was true. Is that um, the reason why a lot of people don't leave the reservation is because we see what the world is doing around us. You know, there's just so thick of a smoke. Like if you can't see past, I think of a smoke to see on the other side because we're so concentrated we have fear. You know, fear is what's kind of keeping us. And to so fear of going out into the world? Fear of living outside the world. Living outside the world? Because outside of the reservation? Outside the reservation. So I think a lot of it is just fear. Mm-hmm. And, and to get that, to get beyond your fears, man, you, you got you to gotta take that step. It's like, it's like Peter. Mm-hmm. Out of 12, Peter was the only one who stepped out of the boat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use that message in so many ways and one of them is get right. out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so I think, I think like, like a few of us who has stepped out can come back and say, man, you know, yeah, there's mm-hmm. giants over there. <laughs> you know, you go back to the Bible and say, yeah, there's giants over there. We're not grasshoppers. We're not. No, I mean, man, we're, once we get there and back, man, we become somebody. And, and so, so I think a lot of it has to do with fear. Now, you, you mentioned about um, obtaining a high school education like the GED. And I'm curious to find out what is preventing them or why are they dropping out of high school? I think a lot of it has to do with pregnancy. Okay, so teenage pregnancy. Teenage pregnancy. Um, a lot of it has to do with alcohol and drugs, broken homes, you know. Okay. Um, my youth, like I said earlier, that, you know, this church has a, a really big youth group. Out of, out of 100%, I would say only 20% of my youth family comes to this church. And the rest don't come to church. So they come and, and they come from, you know, different things that happen in their life. I don't know. I mean, there's just, they're hurt, you know. They come from parents drinking. They come from being raised by their grandparents, mm-hmm. or, you know. So so it, it's, it's um, I guess you could say they're not living that teenage life. They're already... And are stepping into the adulthood, trying to take care of themselves, trying to find, you know, clothes, you know, trying to find um, places to sleep. You know, they sleep at a friend's house. I had, I had one of my who was sleeping at a friend's house for three to four months. And so it, it was it really hurt me, you know, to, 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 to hear that she's been doing that. And so, you know, talk, talk to the church, helped her out a little bit. I mean, 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a lot of it has to do with just drinking. Drinking. Drinking is really destroying our people. Mm-hmm. Teen pregnancy is, is another thing, you know. And are the political leaders, or let's say, I know you have a, uh, the chairwoman, you have a chairwoman for the Apache mm-hmm. reservation. Mm-hmm. Is she made aware of these issues? It's a plague upon any reservation. I mean, so it's happening in oh, all yeah. around all the reservations. Yeah, pretty much. I, I really believe that. You know, they say if you want to, you know, um, if you want a country to downfall, you know, you destroy the family structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you destroy, you know, get the dad out of the house. Right. You know, as a spiritual leader, you know, mm-hmm. and get the mom. And a lot of what Marty was saying is a lot of kids live with grandparents because you know the family structure is not there the father's out of the house either drinking or doing his own thing mm-hmm. and they're having kids and you know they're not taking responsibility for it and i really believe that is a plague upon a lot of reservations is that they're absent of a father figure they're absent of that spiritual leader and even the mother too you know a lot of time you know, the father takes off and the mother takes off and the kid you know sleeping at a parent's house and uh, a friend's house and a lot of time the parents don't even know where the kids are at Mm-hmm. I mean, they have curfews like midnight <laughs> running around, you know, um, same thing, you know, there and where I'm, where my church is at, you know, just, um, you tell, you know, the family structure, the parents just are not there. You know, I believe that is a plague, uh, for most reservations is that that family structure is broken. It's not there. So what are the churches doing in the reservations to help support, um, this, the high school dropout and all the issues that you mentioned, the alcoholism, the drug addiction. For me, that I kind of deal with them on a one-on-one basis to point out these things, these factors it is, because I work closely with them from the past. It is like, oh, with the, like what Pastor Marty says, it is concerning about with the education-wise. And he is right to also the family structure. That's what it seems to be the mm-hmm. failing part he did, where the dad's supposed to be as a role, as if he is a dad in a relationship with the sons and daughters like mm-hmm. that. And what I know, it is like I've been part of the work with the high school, the same thing itself. The education-wise, it is like that. And that's what I'm trying to implement, the same thing. What my knowledge, my experience, it is. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my parents, it is. Because I do things differently. To do what that is right from separately from what my dad did, it is as a family. Because like uh, when I was in the age of 12, like, you know, like my dad didn't raise us up all. Mm-hmm. He did his thing, he did and my mom, my dad, they both split up. And that's just the way that how I got into, uh, I almost did attempted suicide come from the results of it because I was kind of like being, being picked on. I was being as a laughing stock because of my present situation from that day on, it is like that. And I wanted to take my life as I guess I was born, not meant to be born. That's what oh, I thought it is. But then in the back of my mind, then I thought it is also, I'm not going to be a kid all the rest of my life and then I also gonna become a man. I'm gonna prove to myself it is that I'm gonna do it. That's what the attitude it is like in a person's life. Like when I used to work at the high school like that, that's what I used to do the same thing. The same thing with the kids. Like the education there. Yeah. The increase in the knowledge it is like that. Like only like uh, the scripture, the Bible that it said only the fools despise wisdom and instruction. Mm-hmm. If you fail to learn it is like that. That's what the thing is, begin to the downfall of a moral person like that it is. But only see within the scope of the direction like that it is. On top of what he said, it is like that. It's the same thing it is like that because they kind of been exposed to this kind of a life it is. Without a father figure or without a mother figure, it's the same thing it is like that. When you see it, when you see a person change his life like that because... Some students will come to me and they tell me the same thing about it like that. They kind of pick on your brain because they wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And when they wanted to learn, that's it is a turning point of a person's life. To me, when a person changed their life around, head back in the other direction, get the true meaning of this, of a life and education, what a life is all about. And that's what kind of been rewarding for me it is. And that, that, that today, to this day, even though that I'm retired from there, what they said it is, you really make an impact upon my life. It is, that's what they would say it is. I believe that the church, from the biblical point of view, it is like that. And when you change a person's life, I think that's the only thing that the, uh, can change a people's life. A lot of young people like that, because otherwise, that, you know, they kind of ended up in pregnant. Because I used to have a teenage daughter. She was in a sophomore class in high school. She said something about like uh, the Elise about I'm talking about only about the sophomore class. At least about twelve girls 
that are become preg already pregnant in my class. That's what they were saying about it. That kind of been exposed to that. It is, and that's the reason why I believe as a church, as a body of Christ, it is like that. I believe that this is where our work, it is like on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And one student came back and returned to me, and they told me the same thing. Mr. Beatty, how, why, how do you learn a lot? That's what they told me about the vaccine of life. We did. Because my willingness to learn, to explore, to adventure out in education, to meet more to this day, and that's what I still do. I learn a lot, and that's the reason why. If a person that increase in the learning like that, they believe that that can make an impact upon a person's life. It is to this day, they still come to me and asking me that kind of a question. He says, I know you made a great difference in my life like that. Like part of it, as being as a law enforcement officer, that's also another thing. And one girl that came, came back to me and said the same thing. Asked me, he said, guess what, Mr. Bailey? That's what she was telling us is what? And I told her that, guess what? That's what she told me about it. I'm going to college now. That's what she was telling me. She says, and guess what? I'm taking up my, my major. That's what she was telling me. That the, uh, and the next thing that she told me it is, that said, I'm studying a law enforcement. It is a criminal law and justice. Just because that you inspired me to become as a law enforcement, it is. And that's what kind of made me feel good about it like that. It is. And that's the reason why that, that I kind of I like what she said it is. That's what I wanted to see. So let you guys know it is like God. Yes, it does make an impact upon a change upon people's lives like that. So I know you guys are all pastors. Mm -hmm. What has God put it in your hearts to do to help the natives here in the Apache <coughs> Reservation? Um, can, I, can I answer the last question? Oh, absolutely. Um, what, what I've done um, when I came back here and... and the youth pastor here. So every time a, a pastor leaves, not every time, but you know, when a pastor leaves, new leadership comes in and so so my youth pastor then had left. And then so so I didn't have a youth pastor, you know, for a while. And and so one uh since we were growing so fast, uh my associate pastor started taking over more services like Wednesday night services. And I, and I took over the youth. So as I was with, with the youth, God had put on my heart that, you know, teach them, teach, teach them. They're willing to learn, you know, teach them, like, you know, what I teach them. And God, God put on my heart, teach them about me, teach them my ways, teach them. So I was teaching the youth, and we, and we started from like five or ten youth when I, when I took over. And then more started coming. You know, and, and the other thing that God has put in my heart as well is, is, is to start the Youth Alive program at the high school. And the high school had not had that program for a very, very long time. And, and so they stopped, you know, just like, just like they took God out of school. <laughs> they, they say, you know, they kind of brushed that away. And so I, I got back into running that, uh, Christian uh, uh, club at the high school, and so when when I did that, um, man, just it, it just kind of came in with, with so much um, youth, knowing that that a lot of like the churches, you know, because a lot of churches are independent American church, they don't have a youth program, you know, but they they probably have a children's program, but not a youth program, and so there were. They were letting the youth sit with the adults when the preaching was going on, or, or there was an adult Bible study. The youth would be sitting, so it was kind of hard for the youth to understand. And and so, but God had put on my heart, you know, let's you know teach them, teach them about me, teach. Them. And so, so I started teaching the youth, you know, all the basics again, the Ten Commandments, you know, the, the the uh, we we started purity. We did the purity stuff and. And, and we separate the boys and the, and the girls and we, and we taught them separate. I had a lady come and teach the girls and I, and I taught the boys. And man, it was just, start from there. I mean, just, I mean, the question was, you know, how, what was the question again for that last one? Um, I know that you're a pastor. What has God put it in your heart 
to um, help or support the natives here? Not the, the one after that, the one before that. What are the churches doing to help support um, the natives? The natives, okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, a, a, lot, a lot of it is just teaching them. Like I said, the youth, teaching the youth the basics. Mm -hmm. Coming back here, you know, a lot of it was just basics because a lot of them were just coming back to church or a lot of them were new to the church. So teaching them from the bottom back up again, you know, because the seed's still there, you know, the spiritual seed that was planted years ago, it's still there, you know, just somebody needs to water it, you know. And what has been the reaction so far? It's been good. I mean, they, they, they love it. They Even through the pandemic, when we couldn't have a gathering at the church, you know, we would still get on our... Facebook Live and, and go from there. Even then, you know, there were still, I mean, more people were added, more people started coming and, and you know, just like a, a family, you know, hey, Pastor, we've been watching you through the whole pandemic. We're gonna start coming. They started coming Wednesday nights. Good, you know, they they liked the, the, the teachings, you know, because mm -hmm. cause, um, I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like put anybody down, but the true hard truth, the true hard truth of preaching will draw into people, you know. They say that if you, if a pastor goes up there and sugarcoats it and just wants to pre uh, teaches or preaches to the people what they want to hear and not what they need to hear, you get nothing. But mm -hmm. if you preach and teach what they need to hear, they'll come back. Yeah. And that's how it's been. They, they love it. And so, and so, so the truth and, and the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, the truth will set you free. You know, teaching them, even wisdom, wisdom, telling them, you know, through this pandemic, you know, think about it. You think about the, what they're telling us, wear the mask, wash your hands, you know, social distance. That's basically using your common sense, your wisdom of, of a virus, you know, teaching them, you know, letting them know. I mean, some don't like it. They go, oh, we don't want to wear a mask. We don't. Why, you know, we've never done that before, but now it's because this is what they call it, is a new normal. <laughs> you know, what did Noah think? You know, after God told him all these instructions to build this, this big old boat and save his family, and they landed somewhere, and that was a new normal for him, you know? And so for us, it's like, we're, we're building something here. What are we building? We're building a church. We're, 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 we're teaching the church. We're, we're here to preach the church and, and let them know, man, we are in a new normal and God has something new for us too, you know? And so, so just going back on that question, man, just, just starting up everything. We started Youth Alive. It's been about two years. It's been awesome. I have about five students from this church that went to Bible college. And wow. last, this, this is Very the first similar. semester. And it's so awesome to, to, they're leading in worship, you know, they're being a part of a church down there. So, so, you know, I, I feel like, um, not to be prideful, but I feel like I'm doing a good job with the youth. You know, I love them. I care for them. Just like my kids, my daughters, you know, I care for these guys. And one night, you know, they're all over here, you know, just playing around and it gets tired. <laughs> it does. I mean, who who would who would who would do this? You know, I mean, well, somebody with the big heart that God put into their to their life to care for them, and that's what they need. Mm -hmm. This reservation needs a lot more pastors like that. You know, to open up to the youth. Amen. And Thank you so much, Pastor Marty. I want to hear from um, Pastor Buster, please. What has God put in your heart to help the natives with? What God put within my heart, it is like that, because I kind of been working along with the youth itself. It is when I was up in high school, it is like, for me, my heart is in the heart of an evangelist to see people's lives, soul saves, and it be changed like that, because I've seen that become more evident. It is that, but also the most important thing is that you really have to live the lifestyle of it or what you're saying it is. That's what is the most important thing is. You say to them one thing and living another thing. Mm -hmm. But fulfilling the dream or the vision, the call, what God calls it, like that it is. And that's what kind of the most rewarding thing among the native. It is like that from the culturally, traditionally. And the thing is, it can change people's lives. Only God can. 
when I was attending an evangelist seminar like that in Springfield, Missouri, I would be taught like that. It is. It is because you see different people, culture, about the way how they do things. It is. You don't try to change them. You present the gospel to them. It is because that's the only thing that we're going to change the people's life. That's the only way that I know myself. It is personally. It is. It does change people's life. But uh, not everybody not, does not accept it is. But that's the only thing what God placed within the heart. It is because it's very great. It is when it's rewarding. Like I said earlier, when a young person that came back to me said, I like the way how you talk, Mr. Beatty. That's what they usually tell him that. I says, I really have learned a lot. It is like that, especially when it was it come down to the high school. It is. If you guys want to take off, go ahead and take off and see what you can learn out there. That's what I usually tell them it is. But next day, it is when they come back along, you receive more punishment for the things what they've done. When you kind of like feel them to make you be responsible for their own actions, they pay the price for it. But we're living in a society like that, it is today, like people don't want to be responsible like that. And that's what it is. You see, because you see, like when a teenage boy has so many girls become pregnant, it is. And don't want to pay the consequence of raising up those kids. I teach them it is like that. And that's when the mind, the hearts kind of be changed to give them a new direction it is. And then when they become responsible for their actions it is. And that's what I see. The reward. And that's what I like about more about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is among the native, among the traditional, the same way. Because that's what I, way I came from. Because from my dad's side, that's not what I seen it is. But now that I see the effects of it like that, it is. But now that when I go back, I know that the gospel is real because I've been called by God to do that. And that's what the most important thing is, that I see things change as around because what he did to my life and the same way, what he can be able to do the same way, like that it is. And that's what I see, like what God placed upon my heart. And, uh, and I use that scripture a lot. It says, I will give thee thy healing for thine inheritance and the uttermost part of thy earth for thine possession. I pray that prayer all the time. I get a tremendous results like in a soul saving people coming to Christ. And that's what I really like about that and being as an evangelist. That's what I like about it. You know, that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Buster. Pastor Christian, what has God put in your heart to help the natives with? Pretty much uh, what he put upon my heart <clears throat> is... <laughs> It's just that light. Christ said, you are the light of the world. You know, it's just that love, that concern, what Marty was talking about, you know, of investment inside of the people. A lot of missionaries come, they eat products, but then they leave. You know, they have, they, I'm not saying they don't have an impact, they do have an impact. But, you know, native pastors, you know, we're there in the front row. You know, we're there as God representatives, you know. And so we do, uh, you know, we do our best to represent Christ in all that we do. And what Marty talked about is youth is investment inside of the people, you know, showing that we love them regardless of what they're going through, regardless of their family structure, regardless of their past mistakes. You know, I always make it a point, you know, whatever people tell me, don't, you know, don't act like you're surprised, you know, stick mm -hmm. and, you know, and bring them to the road path to uh, restoration or redemption. Uh, as far as what, you know, what I want to give to the people is just showing forth, uh, showing them God's love and showing them that, you know, there's redemption mm -hmm. in Christ. That's something that's greater than even myself. You know, mm -hmm. Bible says, let your light so shine before men that people may see the light and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And so everything, you know, everything I, I, I do is for the glorification of the father. And everything that I think that the people people need is, you know, to show them that there is hope. There's hope beyond alcohol. There's hope beyond broken families. And that's, that's why we're here. We're here to show them that hope, to show them that, you know, that it's okay. You know, God, you know, is a God of second chances. God is a restaurant. God can turn things around for you. There's hope, you know, regardless of what you are going through or what you are facing. Because a lot, what you see a lot of upon the reservations is hopelessness. Mm -hmm. People who have given up on life, people who think, well, this is all it is. I'm just going to live on a reservation for 10, 20 years, and that's it. And, you know, and, but even in that, there's hope for change. Even that, there's mm -hmm. hope for, you know, that God's more than able to heal. God's more than able to deliver. God's more than able to turn your situation around. So more than anything, what, I've, what I believe that God's mandated me on this reservation is just to show forth God's love and 
know who he is in his fullness. You know, try my best. <laughs> try my best. Amen. The world may have forgotten about the natives, but God has not forgotten about them. And we know he loves them very much, just like he loves everyone else. What would be something, pastors, and this is for all of you, what would be something that you would want to say to the natives about how God has not forgotten them? So speak from your heart, whoever wants to go first. Speak from your heart and let them know that God has not forgotten them. The way that I would know it is like that, because as much as I know myself that God is within me, what he feels, I feel, what he knows, that's what I know. My knowledge about God is the same way, that God is still there. It is that he has not been forgotten, because that is part of his work, of his creation. One thing that I know it is, like that's in all of God's creation that I know it is, it's not the stars or the heaven, moon, or the solar system like that it is, or the plants, the fields, all in God's creation. His number one creation that I know is a human being. He made a covenant with the people like that it is, and we keep the covenant it is. That's the only way that God prospers us like that it is, and when we keep the covenant. That's one thing that I know it is, and that's the reason why. He is no respecter of a person. I know that these people, they use the scripture a lot. It is the found in the book of Proverbs that it says, okay, righteousness exalted a nation and sin is a reproach. It is. In the area of a tribal government or the national nationalities like that, it is. And that same, the same thing, when we meet the standards of God, it is like that. That's what the thing is. If the people return back to God, it is like that because God, He keeps the covenant and that's the reason why that He has not forgotten us. We know about the history of Israel. It is. They broke the covenant of God. It is. And that's the reason why they've been led into the captivity. But the same for the results of this pandemic, the same way that I know, that I see, it is like that. It can draw a people's heart in it because God still is a loving God as the scripture that it says, okay, I change not. He hasn't changed it. Everything is still the same thing about God, of his holiness and his standard air, that he can be approachable. It is like that through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's what it is in our relationship with God. It is, and I believe that that's what it is. But when a person return back to God as his responsibility obligated to God that one day that he's going to be standing before God and I believe he's going to be accepted in person that comes through him through the name of Jesus and that's the only thing that I know about it is because God has not forsaken us or any man because man is the one who withdrew himself from the presence of God that's the way I know it is thank you thank you Pastor Marty speak from your heart the natives are listening to you and Please let them know that God has not forgotten them. <clears throat> I would say, and I've always said this before, is try Jesus. Try Jesus. I did. I mean, I was at the lowest point of my life. I tried suicide when I was in high school. I tried Jesus, you know, because he, he did this for me. You know, he did. He, did, he made this happen for me. And his words are promising that will never be broken. You know, man, man's promises, man's promises will be broken, will fail. But God's word, God's promises will never be, be broken, never fail. You know, um, I went through it. I went through it. And sometimes I, I do look back. I do look back and I say, my God brought me out of so much, you know, to to be where I'm at right now, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy, you know, I'm not, you know, I probably should have been gone a long time ago, but hey, there, there was a plan that God had for me, and that plan was not to destroy me, but to prosper me, to get me ready for a time like this, and, you know, natives, all you natives that are going to hear this or are listening right now, you know, my words of encouragement is try Jesus. Try him because, man, I did. And he not only, you know, gave me a church to pastor, but before that he gave me everything. 
he gave me a lot of things. He gave me a home, <laughs> cars. He gave me, I mean, gave me things that I don't deserve, but he gave it to me because he loves me. And so I just, I just, you know, try him, try him because he will never fail you. Um, yeah. That's Thank you, Pastor Marty. Pastor Christian, speak from your heart. What's the question? The question is, please let the natives know. You have natives that are listening right now. Let them know that God has not forgotten them. Well, the scripture comes to mind. It says, God is near the brokenhearted. And even in the brokenness, the Bible says that he'll turn beauty from the ashes. I know that Native Americans, we've gone through a lot of genocide. Even on our reservations now, we see the brokenness. We see the alcohol. We see the suicide rates. We see everything that's going on around us. But in all of it, I've come to understand that the devil only fights that what God is about to bless. The devil only fights that what God is about to bless. We've been through it as a Native American people. We've seen it. We've seen the broken treaties. We've seen, you know, boarding schools. We've seen, you know, the, the conversion of trying to convert. But in, in essence, in all of that, I, I believe that God's made us covenant people with this land. You know, God placed us here in North America. And I believe that we are to be good stewards to what God has given to us. But God isn't done with us. God is not done with us. I believe that the enemy sees it. The devil, he knows what God is about to bless, and so he's trying to stop it. We see it all around of broken families, alcoholism. We see it all around as domestic abuse. But understand that that's not the end. There's hope. God is about to bring forth a revival. And I told you guys in the beginning that, you know, God's reserved the best for last. And he put them on reservations. You know, but the Bible says that God will turn the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. What good could come off a reservation with suicide? What good could come off a reservation with poverty rates, 80%? What good could come off reservations? And that's exactly in whom God's going to use. God is going to use you guys. You guys, you know, are counted out. I mean, people still think we live in teepees. People still think we're wrong with the buffalo. And we're forgotten people, but God hasn't forgotten about you. You're the apple of his eye. The Bible calls us Hezbollah, uh, Hezbollah, which means God delights in you. God loves you. God is going to use you. God is going to strengthen you. His spirit is going to shine through you. And you're going to go out there and you're going to show the world. It doesn't come through the programs of the government. Man, we have so many programs thrown at us. It doesn't come with our per capita, with natives that do get money. <laughs> but our lives are going to be changed through God. God is going to change our lives around because what the world has given up on, man, God is about to bless. Amen. And we understand that because what can we rely upon? Nothing. <laughs> Our hope comes in God. And so understand that God is near you. God is going to use you. God is going to raise up your grandchildren. You know, what comes to my mind is the, is the you know, valley of dry bones. You know, God told Ezekiel, he told him to prophesy. He didn't tell him to pray. Prayer got him to that place where he could just prophesy to those bones and those and those bones, they came together, there was a rattling, there was the wind, there was an earthquake, you know, that those bones came together and became a great army. I can tell you, stop prophesying to your families, your kids, your churches, stop prophesying to them that, you know, God is going to raise up a great army in the last days. And I really believe that the Native Americans are going to be in that army. God is going to raise us up, a broken people, a forgotten people, but yet what the world seems as foolishness, God is going to raise them up and say, you know what? They have my spirit inside of them. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Christian. Thank you so much, Pastor Buster and Pastor Marty. All of you are from the Apache Reservation. Thank you so much for your great godly leadership here in the Apache Reservation. I know you guys are impacting the lives of many people, youth and adults and families. And um, thank you for glorifying the Lord with everything you shared today. Um, I'd like to ask Pastor Christian if you could just close us in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray about. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and whom we sent for the redemption. We just pray right now, Father, that you continue to move upon our Native American reservations. Father, to uh, once again, to realize our identity since the very beginning our identity to know and understand that we're loved by you that there's a heavenly father up in heaven 
that loves us so much that he sent forth his son, that we could have that relationship again, that we could have that communion with the Father once again. I pray that you continue, Father, to renew our minds. Father, not to the ways of the world, but Father, renew our minds of knowing that something is about to break forth, something's about to break open upon our reservations. Father, prepare our hearts, Father, to move in your spirit. Prepare our hearts to know when you're moving. And Father, we thank you. Everything you're about to do, we thank you. Father, for everything that's around us and which you're, Father, that the giants and which you're going to take down, for those dry bones, those dead bones, and which you're going to rise up into a great army, and which, Father, that we're going to go forth. Father, pray blessings upon everybody who's watching this. Father, I pray that you instill hope inside of their lives. I pray that you instill an, an, an expectancy. Father, raise their faith right now. Father, that even though they look out upon where they're at, the situations where they're at, Father, even upon the reservations, but Father, I pray that you put eyes of faith inside us. Eyes of faith that know that eyes haven't seen, no ears have heard the things that you have prepared for them that love you. And Father, you're going to do some great and mighty things. I pray, Lord, that you let them prophesy. Give them those eyes of faith, Father, and let them go forth, Lord, and to show forth your spirit. Your love into every situation that they find themselves in. And we thank you. We say this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.